All right, that was Devils from Motorhead. That was uh, the last song on Bastards. Um, Bastards, that was my favorite album from uh, Motorhead. Um, it was just kind of like, I guess, typical for most people with music. It's just kind of like that was the album that you discovered them with, so it'll hold a certain sentimentality for you. Um, that was right around when the movie Airheads came out, and uh, for the more astute people, you know, you realize that uh, Lemmy actually had a a small cameo in there, and uh, when he threw the ace, yeah, and also he was like, "Yo, I was the editor of my school magazine." Oh. Yeah, and um, that was a great movie. Airheads ruled. Um, that was, I believe. 94 wasn't it it was either 94 or 96 i want to say it was 1994 oh yeah man that that was a great movie let me see airheads movie around the same time of detroit rock city um no detroit rock city came a, a few years later 96 that was about 96 so yeah, I would put it about 92 or 93. Detroit Rock City. That was 99. Wow. Like, oh, man. What was the song from Bastards that was in uh, Airheads? Oh, uh, man, you're really testing me now. Uh, Born to Race Hell. Born to Race Hell. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's it. I was going to say. I was saying there's uh, Killed by Death, we know, from the WWE. And then yeah. I was going to say, where did Born the Race Hell come from? But, I mean, I'd have to say, though, seriously, I Am the Sword was the absolute pinnacle of that s- album. It was just such an amazing song. But you know what? We're talking about Airheads, so we're going to play Born to Race Hell. Born to Race Hell. Here we go. Yo, JW, what's up, man? How are you, brother? Uh, doing well. We were just uh, talking about Motorhead and uh, the Airheads movie, honestly. And Oh, the Airheads movie. The uh, Yeah, he had a little cameo in there, and uh, the uh, the boys gave him a, a bit of a nod, uh, <laughs> which, uh, which, which which became quite iconic when uh, speaking of Motorhead and, and Lemmy, kind of their uh, we're not worthy, uh, <laughs> if, if you will, they... Uh, the Lemmy is God part, of course, you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's classic. It's kind of one of the first things that people think of when uh, when they think of Lemmy, which is pretty accurate because he was at least a God to many of us. <laughs> so how many times did you get to see Motorhead over the years, JW? You know, I've only seen him uh, perform uh, live uh, three times. The first time was in about 1995, and um, my I was going to uh, school up at uh, UC Davis at the time, and uh, my buddy and, and neighbor, uh, his name is Eric, and 
so we would go to a lot of metal shows together. And Motorhead actually opened up for Black Sabbath on that uh, Forbidden Tour. And, um, man, it was just an incredible show. The, uh, that, was my, that was my first time seeing him. And uh, Lemmy was just had command of the entire, uh, uh, entire arena. This was at the Warfield in uh, uh, San Francisco, I guess it's in. And um, it was just amazing. And, and, and the whole band was incredible. It's the same lineup that they have now with Mickey D and uh, Philip Campbell. And uh, the guys were just ferocious and just tore that stage up like nothing anyone's ever seen, including Phil Campbell, whose uh, amp caught on fire. He actually beat up his amp and threw it off the stage at one point during a solo. And Lemmy was uh, waving his finger at people in the in the audience and dedicating songs to everyone. And uh, every, everyone just lost their minds. I mean, you know, they, they, they totally stole the show. It was incredible. Damn, man. But yeah, also, uh, I mean, uh, I've been pretty blessed with the Motorhead shows that I did see. They, uh, they also, they played opening for uh, Dio and Iron Maiden around, I think maybe around 2002, 2001, something like that. And then uh, most recently, um, you know, kind of felt like, you know, this, this this was the tour not to miss. And I think a lot of us, uh, we kind of, you know, obviously none of us wanted this to be the last tour but um some of us you know we don't we don't take time for granted when it comes to things like this and we we knew we couldn't miss it so we we made sure to go out there and do it right damn and what was the last show you saw with motorhead yeah the last show was just this last august they played in la with a saxon opening and uh it was right before lemmy you know kind of uh crashed with uh, Right after that is when he had some trouble in, you know, Denver, and uh, they had to cancel a show, and then he had, uh, you know, he had to pull out short at the uh, the Austin show. Um, but I'll tell you, man, you know, there there was no sign of him uh, uh, slowing down at the LA show. He was, you know, he, did, he didn't move around as much as he uh, as he used to, but um, his voice was on point, his playing was superb, uh, the band was just in top form, and and of course everybody in the audience just went completely ballistic and we were tearing up the pit and just having a great time. My, uh, my good buddy, John and, uh, his, his gal, Emily came down for that. Uh, hadn't seen them in uh, 15 years and it was, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was a really great time. Cause saw, saw some good friends and, uh, yeah, we all just, uh, just enjoyed time with Lemmy, of course. That's awesome. Like, um, you ever get any cool, uh, t-shirts or anything like that from motorhead shows you know i'm not really much of a merch collector um you're probably aware of my uh, my vest el chileco um so i have uh, it, it's probably the biggest patch i have on it it's not a back piece but um but a rather large patch on the front um the classic uh you know war pig snaggletooth you know uh emblem with the the big motorhead rocker on it um, so I have that, you know, sewn on my uh, on my jacket, um, a couple Motorhead T-shirts. Um, but I, you know, I, I really don't make it a point to uh, to pick up various merch and stuff. I just kind of have so much junk in my house and in in my car and in my life anyway that I just kind of, if I see something I like, I'll take it. But I don't, I don't really collect stuff. Yeah, I can appreciate what you're saying. I mean, it's just like. With me, it's like I'd rather just get like a really awesome vinyl pressing or CD or something like that, and that'll be it for that album. 
Yeah, same same here. You know, it's it's you know back in the day, it's like you know, I'm I'm a married guy, so there's only so much crap I can <laughs> I can I can amass in my house before it's taking up real estate that you know my lady needs for something else. So I just I just I just keep it pretty trim. But you know, uh, my vest is very important to me. So uh, any any band that you know really you know truly has meaning to me and that uh, I'm willing to get in a fight for. Um, I'll, I'll put that on my vest, and Motorhead has a huge, uh, huge prominence on there. Um, there's usually some, some Motorhead, you know, buttons or badges, whatever you call them. Uh, those, are, those tend to get lost in the pit, along with other, uh, other pins and uh, pieces of memorabilia. But, uh, but the patches always stay on. I sew them pretty good. <laughs> so, like, I know you were a huge rigor mortis fan. That's pretty much how we came into contact. Um, like, how many rigor mortis shows have you seen over the years, man? Just because, like, it's Mike's anniversary last week, so. Yeah, of course, yeah. The, the 23rd was the, uh, the anniversary of uh, Scotch's passing. Uh, God bless him. Um, but, uh, no, as far as rigor mortis, uh, you know, discovered those guys probably 1988. Um, you know, my, my buddy John again, shout out to him. Uh, we were just at the mall. We, we had no idea who these guys were, and uh, we came across their cassette at like a Sam Goody had, you know, the iconic red album with the the, the skull with the the axe and the uh, the flail, you know, cropped and the long hair and the bones logo, and then of course the track listing just really caught our attention with bodily dismemberment and Wizard of Gore and Welcome to Your Funeral. We said. We we have to buy this. This is the this is the most important thing we've ever found. And uh, as soon as I put it, as soon as we put it in his mom's, like, yeah, the, we we got a ride back from his mom, and uh, we put it into his mom's uh, tape deck in the Mercedes. And uh, man, as soon as Welcome to Your Funeral started playing, I mean, man, all the way. And uh, but you know, we were like whatever, fifteen or something at that time, and I didn't I didn't really get a chance to see. Uh, and plus, they were more of a local band, you know, in, in Dallas. And so, I didn't, I didn't really get to see Rigor Mortis uh, live until uh, they came out here in LA, and uh, I think it was 2005, 2006. So, uh, I was, I was pretty stoked for that. I was already like pasting up flyers all around town and everything. And Mike Scotia and I had already uh, uh, kind of forged a friendship by then. And I've been talking to Bruce, uh, Bruce Corbett, vocalist, obviously, and. Uh, yeah, man, I got nothing but love for all those guys. They're just the best, uh, the best guys in the world, and I've uh, been really blessed to, to know them. But um, yeah, I mean, any of these guys will tell you I'm I'm a pretty insane fan of, of that band. And uh, uh, yeah, so but as far as seeing Mike Skasha perform, um, I've seen him with Ministry uh, many times. You know, uh, aside from that, and I would always be, I would always pitch uh, pitch a spot right there on stage, right, right where I knew he would be playing so I could scream at him. <laughs> and and uh, he, he, he'd catch my eye sometimes. And uh, fi- we finally got to meet uh, the, uh, on the ministry tour in 2004. And uh, so that was, that was obviously huge for me and then pretty much where we, uh, we started our actual friendship. Wow, that's awesome. It's like the only rigor mortis show for me, just because it's like, I was actually in Japan when they were playing the New York show in 2005, so it's like I honestly had a reason to miss it, and it was just like I, I had to be in Japan at that point. But it was just like I said to myself, it was kind of like I remember 
doing an interview with Bruce. It's like I think maybe my second interview ever that helped me get onto Blabbermouth. But um, mm-hmm. it was just like I saw Bruce perform with uh, Destruction in New York, yeah. and I'm thinking, this is awesome. I get to see the uh, rigor mortis singer. And then it was like, I remember him going on saying things in interviews saying, you know, any show could be our last. And I was thinking to myself, it'd be crazy to see a rigor mortis show. So I actually went out and I uh, saw them and, um, it's a really crazy, uh, time. And, uh, I remember, uh, I believe, uh, ripping off, uh, I believe a flyer at the uh, club there just cause it was like, come on like i couldn't get a ticket stub so i had to get something cool and uh yeah, yeah. bruce was actually kind enough to give me the set list of that show which was really badass oh and... really cool yeah yeah no i've i've uh, i've been really blessed with um you know the ability to be able to see so many of these guys that um my job lets me you know there's a lot of travel for my uh, for my job so um i'm often able to kind of uh uh, coincide traveling somewhere with, you know, crossing over to see a show, um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's pretty nice and convenient because other, otherwise it would cost me a lot more than, than, than it would. It's, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's an addiction, you know, metal and uh, just a rock and roll lifestyle, but uh, it's, it's certainly a uh, rewarding investment for me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, typically, like, a, a trip like that is kind of like maybe every couple of years. I mean, it's like I um, had yeah. a, an amazing time out in Portland uh, last year and uh, just saw a bunch of crazy bands. Uh, that was for the Famine Fest put on by Head Split Records. That's like kind of like this underground, um, pretty crazy label. And yeah. uh, you, you just, like, if you can look up on YouTube some of the commercials that they have, it's just like, really wacky hilarious stuff like you gotta really tip your hat to it sure yeah no and you know it, it although i'd only seen one technically rigor mortis uh concert with with mike um you know the uh shortly after he died you know we had a uh we had a birthday you know tribute and fundraiser for him uh to to get uh, to get money for his family and stuff and uh so th- that we had on his birthday and in June of, uh, that, I guess that'd be 2013. And, um, so, you know, they, they, they did some tribute songs, uh, you know, with Bruce and, uh, uh, Mike Taylor on guitar and, uh, uh, Warbeast did. And then last year when, uh, Slaves to the Grave finally came out, you know, their final recording, uh, was just phenomenal and everybody better buy it. Um, <laughs> So when that when that was finally uh, released, we had a, uh, a you know album release party uh, in Dallas, and uh, so that's when they had one of those what they called the Wizards of Gore um, playing, which is basically rigor mortis minus Scotia and uh, Mike Taylor, who's you know kind of one of his uh, uh, pupils, proteges, and 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 colleagues uh, from Rabid Flesh Eaters. Uh, he he would sit in on guitar too, and he's he's phenomenal. Um, and uh, that was really great. Even even Doyle, uh, Doyle Bright, of course, who was uh, sang on the later Rigor Mortis uh, albums, um, he flew out for it too and got up there and sang Cattle Mutilation. Everybody went nuts. And, yeah, 
great guys, great shows. But uh, yeah, I, I, Dallas is such a great, such a great place with such a rich history of metal and just some really fine people. So I guess nowadays, what are some cool things going on in uh, the Lone Star State that people should be aware of when it comes to metal? I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, it's it's uh, it's all about War Beast. Yeah. Uh, that's Bruce. Got Shelby's on guitar. Um, Joey Gonzalez, you know, is, is is phenomenal on the drums and and uh, you know they're they're just uh, they're just a great bunch of guys and they've just been just putting out some really phenomenal music. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I don't live in Dallas. I just kind of I've just gone there a few times for you know, Scotia-related events and rigor mortis-related events. Um, and uh, But, you know, they have they, they would have different opening bands, um, which I would have never seen if, if, if I had, you know, hadn't come out for these things. And so, you know, I got exposed to, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Dead Horse and, you know, some of these bands. And Dead there's, Horse, there's, there's a there's name. That's an old Quite a lot name. going on out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess... You think um, Ministry is going to come out with uh, any new material next year or this year? <laughs> That's an interesting question. You know, uh, my friends and I, we always joke about how every time Ministry tours, Al Jorgensen makes a big presentation of this being their last show ever or their last tour ever. And, and we all kind of trade and, and brag about who's seen more last shows ever than the next one. And, this has been uh, making their last you know, bit of their career on that, about the last 15 years, actually, saying it's their last tours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last 15 years, they've, they've been having their last shows ever. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and Al made a big presentation, you know, after uh, after From Fear to Eternity came out that, you know, ministry was no more. You know, without Mikey, there can't be any ministry, and we're not going to do anything else. And then, of course, you know, they announced the tour, and they went on tour, and then they said, okay, well, you know, after this tour, it's all done. And then, of course, you know, the last night they had a New Year's Eve show in, in Chicago. So, uh, um, and, and I think they're scheduled for, uh, for Vakken this year, too, in, um, uh, yeah, in 2016, the big, uh, obviously the big German metal festival over there, and I think, I think they're slated for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if they keep this going and, you know, quote unquote, come out of retirement again with Al. Is got to feed, got you got to put food in your belly somehow, and yeah. I think that it's the easiest way to do it if you're Al Jorgensen. So, I I, I would not rule out it coming <laughs> coming back around. <laughs> so, how many like ministry shows have you seen over the years, man? Uh, probably about I, I think about like fifteen. I mean, I've seen you know the first first show I saw was in. Uh, 1992, I guess. Um, saw them at the Lala tour, and then, you know, just kind of every every year since then, I'd see at least, or not every year, but every tour and every album, I'd, I'd, I'd see a show or two, and sometimes more. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's probably around 15 shows. Awesome, man. Like uh, with me, I saw two rigor mortis shows. It was like. The first one actually had Mike Scotchy. It was crazy. He also had, uh, I think, Paul Barker and maybe yeah. Louis Civet. Louis. What was his name? I don't, I'm not sure. Civetti? 
S V I T E K, whatever that, however that's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, I think the guy was. Oh man, he might have been in M O D or something like that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was just kind of like I totally could pick out Mike Scotchy out of the crowd, and I think Paul Barker too. But I mean, it was just like that was a crazy show, and I was I felt so proud that I got to see Mike Scotchy just because I think ended up. Uh, I think I was in college, just looking up crazy bands, yeah. and uh, it was kind of like I got into KMFDM first, and then I learned about Ministry. I'm thinking, wow, this is more extreme than KMFDM, so I'm gonna check this out. Then I learned yeah. that like one of the guitarists in Ministry was also in this crazy band called Rigor Mortis. I'm thinking, there's no way a band with a name like Rigor Mortis could suck. And I, I started looking up some of the songs, <laughs> and it was just like. Yeah. It took me so long to get that CD though, just because it's like, remember how the self-titled CD on eBay was like a hundred bucks sometimes, and it was just like, no, no. Many times. I, I'll, I'll wait until I can get it for like maybe twenty bucks or something. And yeah, uh, like 1993 or four and two thousand five. Um, yeah, that CD went really scarce, and you'd have to. Uh, basically sell some organs to get it on ebay or whatever and yeah they they they, they brought it back out and reissue in 2005 or something and um and then there were a few bootleggers that were selling kind of their own uh, their own pressings and stuff for a while but it's really nice they, they have uh, that's readily available and also freaks is uh you know readily available now too and you can get them directly from the band They're... yeah i mean verse the earth is pretty easy to get as well so is it now? Yeah, I, I, it it kind of went off the. Uh, uh, it kind of became pretty scarce for a while too. People people kind of overlook that one and don't don't give it the due it's worth. I think the I think they're all phenomenal albums, but but yeah, it's a, it's a great one too. And I I I rarely see it, uh, you know, get the uh, get the respect that I that I think it's due. Do, yep. Doyle's amazing, and Do, Doyle's uh, he's not just a great vocalist, but he's a he's a phenomenal person. I love that guy like a brother. Yep. Dave, you have a question from my buddy, J.W.? Hey, what's happening, J.W.? How are you? Hi. What's your name, brother? I'm Outcast, or David. Oh, nice to meet you, David. Good to meet you, sir. Um, you, you sound like an old schooler. What, what are you, 40-somethings? Yeah, 42. 42. So you, you did get to see, uh, you're, you're the one that I assume that uh, Nick uh, said you uh, interviewed Lemmy back in the day? No, no. This is another guy. Oh, okay, okay. Did you say I'm Did you get to see Lemmy back in the day? Oh, no, yeah. I, I guess, I guess just, just not, not back in the day in terms of, you know, classic lineup with, uh, you know, Filthy Animal. I just, or... Yeah, I just missed, I just missed that. I got yeah. to see them on the um, another perfect day when they did the Exciter um, yep. Fate tour. That was that was a great tour. That's where a lot of the forty somethings got to see Motorhead, and yeah. um, some did not get the chance to be able to see Motorhead. But um, that's when I actually got to see them at the Capitol Theater here in Passaic. Um, in '84, and That's great. yeah, that was that was that was a great show. Um, other than that, um, you know, 
I guess the first first uh, album I bought from them, uh, very first time, probably the tail end of 1981. Yeah. I'm going to be 48 in May, so, um, yeah, that's that's what brought me to the more extreme side of metal. It was yeah. uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Sure. And uh, that was the first that was the first album I purchased, and uh, I remember my brother, who was a deadhead, as soon as yeah. I showed him the album, he was just like, oh, my... But uh, later, he got to very much appreciate Lemmy. He actually um, lived in Huntington Beach until okay. he passed away, unfortunately. But uh, he got the pleasure of sitting down and having a drink or two with Lemmy, which is very cool. And I remember him calling me specifically that night and talking about it and saying, wow, you know, it was really cool. I wish you were here to, you know, drink with them. And he says the guy dresses the exact same that he would dress on the stage or whatever else. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's Lemmy. That's that's exactly, you know, the hat always, you know, just walking around. And um, Nick had asked me how long he lived in L.A. And I said, I, I believe he had lived in L.A. since the uh, mid-'80s at least, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah but, I don't know uh, yeah. I don't know exactly how long, but, yeah. but uh, just as a little little apartment over over by the rainbow and that's pretty much where he would where he would hang out when he wasn't uh, on tour correct yeah so yep. it, it, it's funny you mentioned you know that uh, uh your brother got a chance to you know have a drink with lemmy it's you know for for such a huge you know rock icon it's it's really pretty incredible like how many how accessible he was and how many people got a chance to you know have a moment with 